Join us now for Health for Life, brought to you by Hamilton Healthcare System. Today, we're talking with Dr. Eric Turner of People's Cancer Institute in Dalton. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Turner. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm glad you are. Uh, Dr. Turner is a board-certified medical oncologist and medical director of People's Cancer Institute at 1215 Memorial Drive on the campus of Hamilton Medical Center. Dr. Turner specializes in adult cancer and hematology disorders. He completed his internal medicine residency at the University of Virginia Health System in Charlottesville, Virginia, and his medical oncology hematology fellowship training at the University of North Carolina School of Medicine in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Dr. Turner practiced medical oncology in Calhoun, Georgia for 15 years before joining Hamilton. Dr. Turner, you were a guest with us a few months ago. It's mm-hmm. great having you back. It's good to be back. I appreciate it. Today, we're going to talk about colorectal cancer. What exactly is colorectal cancer? Yeah, so colorectal cancer is a um, cancer of the colon or rectum that begins with the development of precancerous polyps from the lining of the colon or the rectum. What causes this type of cancer? You know, the exact cause of colorectal cancer, uh, those causes are really unknown. Um, it does appear that the disease is caused by both inherited as well as lifestyle factors. Those lifestyle factors are things such as cigarette smoking, um, lack of physical exercise and obesity can contribute. Those things can increase the risk of developing the disease. Genetic factors also play a role in, um, in determining a person's susceptibility to getting colorectal cancer. But the truth is, most of the time, there's no identifiable cause uh, found for the development of a colorectal cancer in a, in a given individual. And really, it's just simply due to random genetic changes that have occurred in those cells lining the colon or the rectum. Well, you mentioned cigarette, you mentioned smoking. Mm-hmm. Cigarette smoking, you know, I, I associate that with lung cancer. Yeah. Never would have associated that with colorectal cancer. Yeah, you know, when they've looked at those studies in the past, it, it turns out cigarette smoking, and we, we kind of always knew it's not good for you, um, but it's associated with uh, a lot of different cancers, and it, and it happens to have an association with colorectal as well. Never would have thought so. Yeah, yeah. Well, now let me ask you this. Is colorectal cancer very common? Yeah, unfortunately, it is very common. Colorectal cancer is the second leading cause of death from cancer in the United States. It's actually the third most common cancer overall. If you look at the statistics, this year there'll be more than 56,000 Americans uh, die from colorectal cancer with more than 140,000 new cases to be diagnosed uh, this year. Matter of fact, if you look at women over the age of 75, more die from colorectal cancer than, than breast cancer which you wouldn't necessarily think. I never would have thought so. 80 to 90 million Americans, which is about 25% of our population, are considered to be at risk because of their age or or other other factors that we just talked about. Well, then it's definitely important that we have this talk today. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about what we can do to prevent colorectal cancer. We'll be right back on Health for Life. Join us on a journey to better health. Health for life. Simply put, that is why Hamilton Medical Center is here. From primary care and specialty care practices near you, an accredited chest pain center, a certified joint replacement program, a new children's institute, cancer institute, endoscopy center, and more. Hamilton is here for you and your family. Learn more at HamiltonHealth.com. Hamilton Health Care System. Health for life. 
Welcome back to Health for Life. We're here with Dr. Turner of People's Cancer Institute at Hamilton Medical Center. Dr. Turner, are some people more at risk for colorectal cancer than other folks? Yeah, um, you know, men and women age 50 and older are at almost equal risk of developing colorectal cancer. There are those who have personal or family history of colorectal cancer or polyps. Now, they are at higher risk of developing the disease. Also, anyone who has a long-term personal history of inflammatory bowel disease, such as ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease, will also be at increased risk. When we talk about polyps, is that very similar to a skin tag? Uh, It's a little different than a skin tag. Um, Basically, a polyp in the colon is a precancerous lesion, um, sort of a growth of cells. Uh, So, yeah, they are sort of similar to skin tags, but this is something obviously is internal to the colon. And where most skin tags would not eventually develop into cancer, the problem with a polyp is they do have genetic mutations that have caused them to develop. Therefore, they're considered precancerous and if not taken care of, can develop into cancer over the long run. And men and women are at about the same risk. Yeah, roughly when you're over 50, about the same risk, yeah. Are there ways to prevent colon cancer? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. First thing, you need to see your doctor for consideration of a yearly screening colonoscopy. Now, with that said, if you or a close relative have had colorectal polyps or colorectal cancer, you're going to potentially need more frequent screening. Again, if you had a history, um, if you have a history of inflammatory bowel disease, such as Crohn's disease or or ulcerative colitis, you're going to be at increased risk and and your screening may be a little different. Um, There are, as we mentioned earlier, genetic syndromes, um, one called FAP, which uh, stands for familial adenomatous polyposis. There's also another uh, genetic syndrome called Lynch syndrome, which puts you at increased risk and your screening protocols will be more frequent typically. So uh, if you think you're at increased risk for colorectal cancer, you really need to speak to your primary care provider and ask them, you know, when to begin screening, which test is right for you, how often to get tested. Now, there are some things you can do to to help prevent colorectal cancer that have been studied. And those would be things like maintaining a diet low in animal fat, uh, high in fruits and vegetables and fiber, getting regular exercise. um, And again, as we talked about, avoiding cigarette smoking. And also there's probably some link to alcohol. So keeping alcohol consumption into moderation can potentially be helpful in preventing colorectal cancer. That's very good. Does insurance pay for colonoscopies? Yeah, most insurance plans and Medicare at least will help pay for colorectal cancer screening when you're 50 or older. Um, Colorectal cancer screening tests um, may be covered by your health insurance policy, even without a deductible or copay. So some, some private insurance are really good about that. So Mm -hmm. you just really have to check with your insurance plan and find out what benefits are covered when it comes to colorectal cancer screening. Are there certain symptoms for colorectal cancer that we should be watching out for? So that's a good question. Um, Colorectal cancer polyps and even colorectal cancer itself they don't always cause symptoms, which is sort of the the scary thing, uh, at least at first. Uh, You could have polyps or a colorectal cancer and not even know it. And that's really why colorectal cancer screening via colonoscopy is so important. That is so dangerous. It really is. If you develop symptoms, then um, you may have things such as a change in bowel habits, going from diarrhea to constipation, a change in the caliber of the stool. You may see blood in your stool or uh, kind of in the toilet when you look back when you have a bowel movement. Again, diarrhea and constipation uh, or feeling like you just can't empty when you try to have a bowel movement. 
You could have abdominal pain, sort of an aching or cramping sensation that won't go away. You know, unexplained weight loss if you're losing a lot of weight and you don't know why. And any of these symptoms you need to talk to your primary care provider about. Now, it is important to know that those symptoms are sort of nonspecific, as you can kind of gather. Mm-hmm. And they, they could be caused by something else. So it certainly doesn't mean that you always have cancer. But really, you know, the only way to know is to get checked out. So I think that's, you know, the take-home message from that. Yeah, you're exactly right. Get checked out. Yeah. Very dangerous. And as you said, you may have it and not know it. That's right. Wow. We're going to take a short break. When we return, we're going to talk about how colorectal cancer is treated. We'll be right back on Health for Life. If you're in need of medical care, don't delay. Your health won't wait. Hamilton Medical Center is ready to care for you. We are following CDC guidelines. Patients and guests are screened for COVID-19 symptoms. Those who are suspected to have the virus are treated in a separate area. Plus, Hamilton's high-powered UV light robots eliminate 99.9% of bacteria and viruses on surfaces. Please do not delay medical care. Your health won't wait. As always, Hamilton is here for you. Welcome back to Health for Life. We're here with Dr. Turner of People's Cancer Institute at Hamilton Medical Center in Dalton. Dr. Turner, what happens next if someone is diagnosed with colorectal cancer? So if you get diagnosed, surgery for removing the cancer is really the primary consideration in most stages of colorectal cancer. Other things such as chemotherapy, radiation therapy, some of the new targeted molecular therapies. Um, There's ablation techniques where we get rid of lesions through various various ablation techniques. Cryosurgeries, there's a lot of things that we do. And really depending on your stage and, and where the disease is located, those are some of the various treatments that are used to treat colorectal cancer, but it really does depend on the staging. Now, what about immunotherapy? Yeah, immunotherapy is sort of a, it's the new, it's the new treatments that we're seeing a lot of commercials on TV about, mm-hmm. um, and it's sort of the latest and greatest in cancer now, care. What, what is that? Yeah, so immunotherapy basically is a type of cancer treatment, and what you're doing is you're basically helping your immune system fight off the cancer. You know, our immune system we think about it as helping our bodies fight infection, which it does, but it also has the ability to fight other diseases such as cancer. Our immune system is made up of white blood cells and, and organs and lymph tissue, but those cells, when uh, activated by immunotherapy, can see cancers and get rid of the cancers in certain situations, uh, depending on depending on the type of cancer and, and that sort of thing. Interestingly, when we think about uh, genetic inherited causes, about five percent of colorectal cancer are due to syndromes such as Lynch syndrome, which is really uh, basically what that is is an inherited defect in repairing gene changes or DNA uh, problems that cause cancer, those folks have a higher than normal risk of developing colorectal cancer. And so when you look at some of those genetic defects, it turns out that immunotherapy is oftentimes very, uh, very good at treating those and that those types of cancers in those inherited situations may be susceptible to uh, immunotherapy treatment. So anytime you have colorectal cancer, we do a lot of testing on the tissue to see if you have the right genetic defects that might make immunotherapy an option for you. Now, are there a lot of side effects to that? Well, the good news about immunotherapy is for the most part, compared to standard, uh, I kind of call it old school chemotherapy that most people think of, compared to chemotherapy, immunotherapies tend to be much better tolerated, much better uh, side effect profile, certainly side effect risk, but for the most part, very well tolerated. Well, if you have to have chemotherapy, 
I understand now that a lot of the drugs that they're using are not quite as harsh and they may even be able to adjust the way they do it so it's not quite as hard on you. That's absolutely true. And I think if you look back, and I, when I look back over my you know 20-year career, the amount of supportive medications and things that we have now for standard chemotherapies to control nausea and help with fatigue and help with appetite, it's really like night and day compared to 20 years ago. So most people, especially with the regimens used with colorectal cancer, people tend to do, you know, patients tend to do really well. You know, I keep hearing about colorectal cancer in young adults. Is it becoming more common in young people to have colorectal cancer? Yeah, it's a it's an interesting phenomenon. You know, since the 1990s, the uh, rate of colorectal cancer, uh, and again, that's including cancers of the colon and the rectum, it's more than doubled uh, among young adults. Uh, those that are less than 50 is what we're talking about. And, you know, not only that, but younger people are dying from the disease and you know they're still researching to see what's causing this jump in colorectal cancer among young adults if you look at some of the uh, NCI data colorectal cancer is the leading cause of cancer death among people under 50 years old in the United States and and the rates um, of the new diagnosis are still still climbing in the age group and so we know a lot of the you know we know some factors that are uh, make older adults at risk, mm-hmm. such as the obesity or lack of physical activity and smoking, but how they exactly link to younger adults is still being researched. Well, do you think it's something in our environment? Do you think something in our our environment is to blame for that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think environmental factors, uh, as it does with a lot of malignancies, certainly play a role. Uh, most of the discussions currently uh, about possible causes in this early onset group are, really have converged into three interrelated factors, and that would be diet, um, how diet affects the bacteria within the gut and, and the inflammation within the gut. Unhealthy diets and other environmental toxins can lead to a change in our gut bacteria. We have good good bacteria, and you can affect that bacteria. And so when you see that change, both the diet and the potential change in that bacteria can cause inflammation in the gut lining, and that increases your risk of colorectal cancer. And so when you look at the mounting evidence is that, especially with unhealthy diet, is that particularly those that have a lot of processed meat and fat and low fruit and vegetable diets, that, that tends to lead to early onset colorectal cancer. Being overweight or obese also, as we talked about, can raise your, your chance of getting early onset colorectal cancer. And those unhealthy diets, you know, they've become more common mm-hmm. uh, in the past decades. And, and researchers have pointed that out. If you think about the number of children and adults who are overweight or obese, it's just continuing to climb. So it's really becoming sort of a, a major problem for us here in the United States. And Americans spend more time sitting they have less time being active, and the studies, all of them are basically finding that uh, that's a problem. If you look at uh, more TV times, also been linked to, to the risk of early onset colorectal cancer. And so, you know, TV and, and video games, you know, we don't get out like we used to, and, and we need more exercise and more physical activity, and that certainly would help and go a long way to trying to prevent some of, some of these things like colorectal cancer. You know, uh, young kids, they want to watch television, play video games, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of screen time. Yeah. And when we were growing up, we were outside. That, that, was, that didn't exist, did it? No, no, no. <laughs> I'd get outside, and yeah. I, I had to come in by the time that the streetlights went That's on. That's exactly right. But I'd stay out till yeah, then. Yeah, up and going at it all day, and oh. uh, we need more of that. We do need more of that. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about People's Cancer Institute in Dalton. We'll be right back on Health for Life. Join us on a journey to better health. 
health for life. Simply put, that is why Hamilton Medical Center is here. From primary care and specialty care practices near you, an accredited chest pain center, a certified joint replacement program, a new children's institute, cancer institute, endoscopy center, and more. Hamilton is here for you and your family. Learn more at HamiltonHealth.com. Hamilton Healthcare System, health for life. Welcome back to Health for Life. Today we're talking with Dr. Turner of People's Cancer Institute at Hamilton Medical Center in Dalton. Dr. Turner, before we go any further, can you tell us more about the People's Cancer Institute? Yeah, absolutely. People's Cancer Institute uh, is on the campus of Hamilton Medical Center. We're very proud of the PCI. When it was first developed, the envisionment, uh, the, the vision, I should say, of that was to house both diagnostic and treatment services in one convenient location. And so the uh, creation of the PCI and the, and, and the uh, facility there has really allowed us to do that. Mm-hmm. And so we're very proud of it. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's an absolutely beautiful facility, uh, state-of-the-art facility. I have seen it, and it is state-of-the-art. Yeah, it um, is fabulous. Yeah, just a, it's, a wonderful, it's a wonderful building. And not only is it state-of-the-art, if you come into it, it's got a very warm and inviting and friendly uh, environment. And, you know, ultimately that's our kind of goal there is to, to create a family atmosphere so that people are very comfortable when they come in and, and they're treating their cancer because that's a scary time yes. and you want people to feel comfortable. Yes. Um, you know, it allows us to have our, our team of experts at Hamilton, our oncologist, our radiation oncologist, our surgeons, and we have, you know, clinical support staff that work collaboratively to provide state-of-the-art care and, and, again, a healing and nurturing environment, which is what we're striving to do. We really feel like the PCI is transforming cancer care in our region. Our ultimate goal is to be a regional cancer facility. Our multidisciplinary team, again, medical oncology, radiation oncology. We also do benign hematology services there as well, which is important to know because a lot of people that come there for blood disorders are a little nervous because they're not sure if it's cancer or blood related. So it is important to know that we also do benign blood stuff like iron deficiency and and other problems of the blood that are not cancer-related. Well, that is good because I did not realize that. Yeah, yeah, and that sometimes that's a, a, you know, people are really nervous about it and don't mm-hmm. realize that it's not a cancer-related diagnosis. But we do have state-of-the-art cancer treatment, and we're very proud at Hamilton Medical Center to uh, be able to state that we're ranked in the top 10% in the nation in, in patient safety for cancer care. So we do everything we can to try to keep you safe while we're taking care of you. The PCI is accredited by the Commission on Cancer, which is a um, basically a designation or accreditation through the American College of Surgeons that says, hey, you're doing this the right way. You're doing this by the current standards of care that's dictated by the uh, current medical studies that are out there saying do it this way. And so we're really proud you want to go get your cancer care somewhere where they are accredited by the Commission on Cancer. And so, again, we're proud to to state that we are accredited. Additionally, we provide our medical oncologists are board certified, our radiation oncologists and surgeons are are board certified. We offer cutting-edge therapies uh, like our Varian True Beam Linear Accelerator for Radiation Therapy, our 4D simulator to make sure that your treatment plan is correct. We have the ability to do brachytherapy or or sort of uh, 
bead therapy for radiation for localized radiation treatments. Mm-hmm. We have genetic testing and counseling for various cancers to help guide decisions about treatments. You know, that is so important, having counseling. Oh, it is. That is to, to get a diagnosis of cancer. Yes, yeah, yeah, that is it is great to have that. Yeah, so we, we have that ability, and that's been uh, extremely helpful. Um, our mammography department is located within the building, so we have 3D mammography, ultrasound imaging. When you're in infusion, we ho- have both private as well as semi-private infusion rooms for patients, depending on you know what they prefer. And, and again, we have this multidisciplinary approach at our at our system that allows our team of experts to really work together and provide each patient with really the most up-to-date. And, and comprehensive cancer plan. We have patient navigators, nurse navigators that help guide you through from start to finish. We have oncology social work that helps with all the aspects of the uh, kind of social setting within cancer care, uh, including the financial services to help with. So, you know, if you're uh, seeking a second opinion, you've already had a cancer diagnosis, we're certainly happy to see you and review your treatment plan and connect you with additional resources. We're very proud that we will be very soon opening NCI-designated clinical trials. We, um, we obtained our what we call our ECOG status, which is the Eastern Cooperative Oncology Group. We're a part of a cancer research group that allows us to participate in cancer clinical trials on a national level. So we're getting ready to bring that to Dalton, Georgia. So we're pretty excited about you that. You should be. That, that is that, that is exciting news. Yeah. That technology, it changes so, so quick. It changes so quickly. And it's just exciting to be a part of that change and, and, and to be able to affect that change. I tell people back in the 90s, my father, when I was still in uh, working at Duke University, I, where I did my some research for about five years, he was treated there, and he was actually on a clinical protocol for chemo radiation and surgery. And here, thirty years later, I use that exact same protocol on patients every day that my father was enrolled in in the nineteen nineties. As as a so as a, as a he was there testing, and yes. I'm, and now I'm a physician, and you're that using same that. Protocol. So what about sometimes that? that's sort of surreal to me. But mm-hmm. um, but that's kind of what we're 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 uh, we're going to be doing it in in the PCI. So we're excited about it. Now, can you imagine what it's going to be like in another thirty years? Oh, the changes the changes in oncology are coming rapid fire. Between the immunotherapies and the new molecular targeted drugs, and that's not just for colorectal cancer. That's really for, for the majority of cancers. Um, the combinations and the new stuff, it's it's coming quickly. And so uh, you have to stay up on it. And uh, I think uh, our medical oncologists and our radiation oncologists do a great job with making sure you're getting the latest thing. Well, there's been so much, so much advancement that, yeah. you know, when you get a diagnosis of cancer, it is not the way that it used to be when you got a diagnosis of cancer. No, it's not. And, and again, our ability to, you know, prolong life, our ability to, to cure a lot of cancers, these new things that are out there and the new immunotherapies and those those type of treatments, they really have been game changers mm-hmm. um, as far as how we treat people. Uh, so obviously still a very serious diagnosis and life-threatening diagnosis and it has to be addressed. But we, we are proud. We're, we live in a time where we can do more for cancer now than we ever could. The support staff at People's Cancer Institute is just fabulous. Yeah, and I think they're fabulous at what they do, but they're also good people. They're good people. And yes. that's ultimately, you want to have good people. They care about the They patients. care about you, and so uh, we're, we're proud of everybody that's in that building working right now. You so. know, they, they learn about you, and mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of times your family will come with you, and, and it's just, it's just it's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. We are so fortunate to have absolutely. that. Absolutely. And if I could, I'd just like to you know quickly talk, uh, since we are talking about colorectal cancer today, maybe a plug for the new 
uh, Bandy Endoscopy Center. Sure. Um, state-of-the-art center. It's connected to the hospital. It's actually just kind of right adjacent to, our, to the PCI. It's got its own entrance. It's got its own uh, convenient patient parking uh, on the corner of Memorial and Broderick Drives. And so with the opening of that endoscopy center, it's doubled the number of procedure suites in about 16 private rooms. So gastrointestinal endoscopy and bronchoscopy is performed in there. So very, very beautiful facility allows us to really step up the screening for the folks of, of Dalton and Whitfield County. I think we need to take that opportunity to remember, hey, let's go out and get our cancer screening. And so I would encourage everybody that's listening to talk to their primary care physicians. And uh, if screening is appropriate for you, you should definitely do it. I've seen it so many times in my career. Colorectal cancer screening can save your life. And it's important, and we all need to do it when it's appropriate for us. So if you were going to leave us with one word of advice, it would be screening? Go get your screening. Obviously, if you're having symptoms, you need to be checked out. But do not forget about that screening because the earlier you catch colorectal cancer, the more likely it is that we can cure you. Well, it's great having you on the show today. I appreciate you having me back anytime. Thank you. For more information or an appointment at People's Cancer Institute, call 844-PCI-HOPE. That's 844-PCI-H-O-P-E. To make an appointment for a colonoscopy, call your primary care provider. If you're in need of a primary care provider, visit hamiltonhealth.com slash HPG. And to learn more about People's Cancer Institute, visit hamiltonhealth.com slash cancer. This program in no way seeks to diagnose or treat illness or to replace professional medical care. Please see your health care provider if you have a health problem. Thank you for listening to Health for Life, a presentation of Hamilton Healthcare System. 